Welcome to the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. All the information you need to make the most of your fantasy football league with just a touch of sarcasm to keep you from taking yourself too seriously. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this latest episode of the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Friday, December 16th, and we're back. Well, I guess I should say one of us is back. Uh, Dan is going to be not with us this evening because he is traveling up north to see his parents for Christmas. So they're doing the Christmas thing a week early with his family. So I am here by myself, but I do have all the stuff that he's going to be betting on, and I have his players for the beat the host coming up um but on top of that it's almost christmas and when when it's almost christmas that means that fantasy football leagues are in their playoff season and in the Cheddarhead fantasy football podcast we are in the semifinal week this is the second last week next weekend is our fantasy super bowl so um it's kind of bittersweet i am Playing a consolation game this week to try and win twenty bucks, <laughs> going up against the Maui Mongols. Uh, I got beat in the first round of the playoffs. I was the number three seed, and I got beat. I got taken down because Terrence West couldn't run more than twice in a game, uh, one yard apiece, and my Baltimore defense wasn't the juggernaut they normally were for the few weeks that I had them after making a trade so with that I'm done um but there's other guys Dan is still Dan is still in the playoffs he's still looking to win the win the whole league um he's got a tough game this week that weekend though also um be be sure to check out the website www.mycffl.com everything that is on the podcast today will be up on there our fantasy girl our bets that we're going to make for this weekend um the beat the host uh players will be up there and we'll get into that a little bit later like i said if you have questions comments concerns about the podcast things you want to ask us things you want to tell us you don't like the podcast you want to let us let us know how to fix it or how you think we need to fix it feel free to let us know cffl commissioner at zoho.com or you can get dan at strap 1971 at yahoo.com so like i said coming up we got all your semi-final playoff week news and notes in the nfl along with some must starts and don't bothers we have beat the host we have sports investing we have fantasy girl of the week even though dan's not here to try and guess the measurements we still have a fantasy girl for you this week um we didn't have one last week because we took our little bye bye week vacation uh, i was out of town and uh, dan didn't want to do it by himself so uh, we took a little bye week um and then as always we do have the leaders in fantasy football as of right now in this season uh this is of course basic espn scoring for fantasy football These are your leaders for this week. As quarterbacks, the top five are number one. Damn, I wish Dan was here for this part. Number one quarterback in fantasy football, 
Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers, 383 points. And in second place, my guy, Matt Ryan, 369 points. Third, Drew Brees. Fourth, Kirk Cousins. And number five, Andrew Luck. Finishing off the top ten, you have Marcus Mariota, sixth. Derek Carr, seventh. Matthew Stafford, eighth. Dak Prescott, ninth. And Ben Roethlisberger, holding on to 10th place. We move to running backs. Number one guy, as he always has been for a while, David Johnson of the Carolina Panthers, not Carolina Panthers, the Arizona Cardinals, 328 points for David Johnson. Quite a bit behind him, about 60-some points, 64 points. You have Ezekiel Elliott, and then Le'Veon Bell, DeMarco Murray, and Melvin Gordon. Finishing off the top 10 at running back, you got LaShawn McCoy, Devonta Freeman, LeGarrette Blunt, Latavius Murray, and a newcomer, number 10, Jordan Howard. Receivers, number one guy, as always, Antonio Brown of the Pittsburgh Steelers with 266 points. You got about 30, not even 30, 19 points or so behind him. Mike Evans of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Third place, Odell Beckham Jr. Fourth, Jordy Nelson. And fifth, T.Y. Hilton. Finishing off the top ten, Julio Jones with his bad toe. Larry Fitzgerald. Devontae Adams. Emmanuel Sanders. And Amari Cooper finishing off the top ten. Which takes us to the tight ends. Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs has supplanted Greg Olson, who has been there all season long. Travis Kelsey, 177 points, just six behind is Greg Johnson, as I mentioned, from the Carolina Panthers. Jimmy Graham, third. Delaney Walker, fourth. Jordan Reed, fifth. Finishing off the top ten, Kyle Rudolph, Cameron Brait, Martellus Bennett, Dennis Pitta, and Jason Witten. Those are your leaders in fantasy football right now, your top ten in each of the major positions. With that, we're going to get to the news and notes. And we're back with the news and as you can tell, we're starting off with the siren, even though there's not a whole lot of injuries this week, but we do have some to talk about. We'll start with this one. Matt Forte suffered a knee injury in his game last week, and he's considered day-to-day. They do not know if he's actually going to start this week or not, or if he's going to play this week or not. Um, apparently, he's in a lot of pain. Next up, the only thing worse than being considered day-to-day is being considered week-to-week. And that is where the Chargers running back Melvin Gordon lands on this list. He strained his hip last week, according to a source. Um, The question in Gordon's status is enough to keep some fantasy football owners in limbo until they know a little more about his injury. And that information just is not out there. All you know is he's got a hip injury. And he may not play. If you're going, if you're playing in a deep league, and you are a Gordon owner, you may want to consider signing somebody like a Kenneth Farrow 
or maybe even a Ronnie Hillman as a cheap insurance policy until you hear more about Melvin Gordon. It was thought that Ryan Tannehill, quarterback for the Dolphins, tore an ACL in his game this past week, but after an MRI, it looked like the tear was really only a sprained ligament. Either way, Tannehill is looking into a second opinion. Right now, he is thought to be ready for week one of the NFL playoffs. Should the Dolphins make it that far? And a second opinion isn't going to change that outlook, but it is better safe than sorry, I guess. And uh, that means the Dolphins this week are going with a number two quarterback. And that's not good news considering they are on the cusp of making the playoffs this year. Eagles running back Wendell Smallwood was placed on the IR after spraining his MCL on Sunday. And Green Bay Packer tight end Jared Cook suffered a lung contusion on Sunday, but he is expected to be fine for this week's matchup against the Bears. He was a full participant in practice this week, which is a good sign. And the Minnesota Vikings are reporting that Adrian Peterson has been designated to return from the reserved injured list. That means he is free to start practicing and um, maybe playing some football uh, by week 15. Well, it's actually this week, week 16 or 17. Um, As far as news, I need to get me a job like this. A mere one week after he was signed to a two-year contract extension, the Los Angeles Rams have fired their head coach, Jeff Fisher. I mean, I don't, I don't think this surprises anyone in the football world. Fisher, Fisher was well below average when it came to results for his team. There was also quite a bit of dissension in the ranks. Look at it this way. At least now that Fisher isn't the head coach anymore, Eric Dickerson will be on the sidelines for the games because he had said he would, would not attend Rams games so long as Fisher was the head coach. So that makes everyone a winner, right? Other than, of course, the Los Angeles fans that aren't showing up at the games anyway, just as I told you they wouldn't. And you knew this was uh, going to happen. After a lackluster performance against the Giants on Sunday evening, the Cowboys have announced that Dak Prescott's job is secure. The dreaded vote of confidence. Is this something we are going to have to suffer through every time Prescott plays like the rookie that he is. Perhaps they should just get rid of Tony Romo right now so that Prescott doesn't have to keep looking over his shoulder the rest of the season. It's going to do nothing but hurt him as the quarterback of that team because he's always worried about Jerry Jones getting his Grundies in a bundle and pulling him out and putting Tony broken back Romo into the game. As if it matters... Robert Griffin III will be the Cleveland Browns starting quarterback for the rest of the season. He didn't do very much in his return to the starting lineup last week, and I wouldn't look at him as anything more than a very low-end quarterback two for the rest of the season. And if you were planning on starting Michael Floyd of the Cardinals this weekend in your semifinal matchups, you might want to think again. He was arrested early Monday morning after being found asleep at the wheel of his car while it was running. He was, ta- he was taken in to jail on two counts of DUI and one count of obstructing a roadway and failure to obey a police officer. In response to this all-star action from Michael Floyd, 
The Cardinals have released him from the team. And guess who signed him off of waivers? That's right. The guy who can turn any minor thug or criminal into a star. Bill Belichick of the New England Patriots. So look for him, if he doesn't get suspended at all, to rock in one of the next few games that he's actually on on the sideline for. This is Floyd's second arrest for DUI. He had another one when he was leaving Notre Dame and becoming a pro. There's a chance he's going to face team suspension. Well, even worse than that, he got fired and let go. Um, League action likely coming shortly after they do a little investigation into this, but not looking good for Michael Floyd. And in a that-took-long-enough moment, the NFL has announced that they will be scrapping the idiotic idea of having players wear pink through October. They have said the new plan is to allow players to pick their own charities to support through some sort of uniform leniency during the time. Hopefully, Doriel Green Beckham, who put on his cleats for the Your Cleats, Your Cause promotion from the NFL, will be able to get that Yeezy Foundation legalized as a charity so that he doesn't find another sixth grand like he was this year when he said that his cleats were um, in support of the Yeezy Foundation, which isn't even a charity. Doriel Green Beckham, you're an idiot. Um, I'm glad to see the pink is gone, though. That was annoying, and I hated it. Couldn't stand it. Not that I'm against breast cancer awareness, but you know, for a te- for a for a league that is so, what's the word? Tight underwear. Just can't do anything with your uniform that isn't like every other person on your team. That pink for October was horrible. I hated it. Glad it's gone. And that's it for the news and notes, everybody. We are going to get into the don't bothers and the must starts for this week, which means it's time for your favorite thing. And it's time for Beat the Host, the most popular segment of the podcast, which is kind of sad. All the all the information that we have, and it's a little game show that wins all the love. And And this week, we have somebody coming to us from a place that's probably one of the only places that's colder than Milwaukee right now. We're, we're, we're calling out to Minnesota, and we have Jeff Anthony on the phone. Jeff, how you doing? I am cold. <laughs> Other than that, pretty good. How, how cold is it by you? Because it's, it's like four by us right now. I would say it's zero with probably a 20 below wind chill. Yeah, take that, Texas. We're real men up yep. here. So it's time for Beat the Host, and um, I'm going to quickly explain how this goes. It's it's our little fantasy football contest that kind of coincides with our must-starts and don't-bothers for the week. What you're going to do is you're going to pick your own team, one quarterback, one re- receiver, one running back, one tight end. You will get the first pick. You will be able to pick whatever position you want and take your player, and then Dan and I will uh, fill in our players at that position Uh, once that's done i'm going to run through some other quick must starts and don't bothers at that position and we'll go around the table and um uh, finish up all the the other positions and as you can kind of tell dan is gone he's up to 
his old hometown visiting his parents for Christmas a little week early. So ah. I have all his players for you, and then um, we'll we'll do it that way. So if you're ready, oh, one point for every ten yards, six points for every touchdown, and minus one for every turnover. If you beat okay. both Dan and myself, you will get the coveted engraved pint glass and autographed picture. Excited? All right. <laughs> Excited. All right. So with that, tell me what position you want to start with and the player you want to take. Let's start with quarterback. Quarterback it is. And your guy is? I am going to go with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins of the Washington Redskins. Redskins. He was also one of my must-starts. And people who had him last season are hoping that he can repeat his performance at the end of last season again this year because he won a lot of leagues for some people last year. Uh, He may have a chance going up against the Panthers defense this week that is allowing 24 fantasy points to quarterbacks. I'd like this game to be a high-scoring one, and that means Cousins will be throwing the ball all over the field. Good pick for you. So we're going to go with Dan next. And Dan wants, for whatever reason, he wants Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks. And they're actually playing tonight on Thursday night because we're actually recording this on Thursday night. It's not going to be out until Friday, but we're recording this on okay. Thursday night. So it's not like he <laughs> picked a guy who already has played. So just to make this um, legit. My guy will be... My guy. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. He's my start of the week. It's too bad that I'm out of the playoffs right now because uh, I'd be golden with Matt Ryan going for me this week. The Niners have been awful against the pass this season. San Francisco's given up an average of 23 points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Other must-starts for me, I like Tyrod Taylor against Cleveland. I mean, it's Cleveland. Whoever you have. For the Buffalo Bills, you might as well get him into the lineup. And I also like Marcus Mariota this week against Kansas City. As far as don't bothers, Matthew Stafford against the Giants. I'm not buying the hype about Stafford's finger being just fine. As long as he has a glove on it, I don't trust it. Before he was injured, he was only putting up about 17 fantasy points in the last six games. Now he has a glove on, and he is going up against a Giants defense that has allowed only 13 touchdowns and the second fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. Keep him on the bench. Also, I'm falling out of love with Dak Prescott. He's going to go up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. And I'm not saying that you should be trying to trade away Prescott after one bad game last week, but you should be keeping your eye on him. He just may be starting to show that he is a rookie. This week he meets the Buccaneers, who are allowing just nine fantasy points to quarterbacks in their last three games. Other don't bother Andy Dalton versus the Steelers. And Philip Rivers versus Oakland. So we're going to give Dan the next pick. And he wants to go running back. And he is going to go with his guy, David Johnson of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I didn't have him listed because he's like a, what do you call it, a, a must start no matter what. He's a no-brainer. So, Jeff, if you want the second pick, go ahead and take your running back. I will select 
Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell versus the Bengals. That was going to be my pick. You're hoping he has the same kind of a performance he had last week, I'm sure. He is going up this week against the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's going to be cold, which means they're probably going to run the ball a lot, and that's probably a really good pick. I'm going to go... I Well, I'm stuck with my third choice here. Uh, I'm going Latavius Murray against the San Diego Chargers. Chargers have allowed 14 rushing touchdowns, which is tied for the third most in the NFL, and they're averaging 20 fantasy points per game to running backs. Other must-starts for me, LeGarrette Blunt versus Denver. Denver's rush, rush defense has been hit with a lot of injuries, and they're giving up the fourth most rushing yards and close to 20 fantasy points per game to running backs this year. I also like a guy who is finally back from injury, Tevin Coleman against San Francisco. He's only played 20 snaps last week and still scored 18 points. Yes, Freeman remains the number one back in Atlanta, but uh, Coleman should be be in your starting lineup as the Niners have given up the most fantasy points to rushing back running backs of any team in the NFL. Also, like I said, I like Le'Veon Bell against the Bengals and Carlos Hyde against Atlanta. As far as don't bothers, the guy I have been telling you to keep on your bench all season long. I didn't like the guy as a rookie last year, and it looks like he was a flash in the pan anyway. Seattle has given up less than 15 fantasy points and zero rushing touchdowns to backs in four of their last six home games. Keep Todd Gurley on your bench. I also think you should keep Devontae Booker against the New England Patriots. Booker has been sinking like a log for the Broncos. In fact, Justin Forsett, who was just signed by the Broncos, saw four more touches last week than Booker did. Also, Frank Gore against Minnesota and Theo Riddick against the Giants. Um, I'm going to pick next, and I'm going to go wide receiver. And my pick for wide receiver is going to be Devontae Adams versus Chicago. He's become more than a must-start than Jordy Nelson is for the Packers. Adams ranks 7th in fantasy points amongst receivers, and his 9 touchdowns so far this year ties him for 4th most at the position tied with Odell Beckham Jr. So I'm going to give you the 2nd pick at receiver, and you would like... I will take, well, I really liked Jordy Nelson, but I don't like the fact that the game is going to be <laughs> played in you know, played zero temperature zero degrees. <laughs> so I am going to take Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham Jr. That was Dan's second pick, but his first is still available, and he wants Mike Evans of Tampa Bay. Um, other must starts, I like Taylor Gabriel versus Philadelphia this week. He's a new flavor of the day in Atlanta with Julio Jones nagging injuries. Gabriel has scored 12-plus fantasy points in five of his last six games. And at worst, he is worth a flex start considering he is going up against a 49ers defense who, like I said, are giving up a league-high 20 touchdown catches as well as the second-most fantasy points to receivers in the NFL. I also like Doug Baldwin against the Rams. And like you were going to say, I like Jordy Nelson against Chicago, but it is going to be cold. 
as far as don't bother is Golden Tate of the Lions. Um, he's not been consistent the last few weeks, and I really am not happy with him going into the MetLife Stadium for a wintry matchup against the Giants. Lions have been playing far too long under a dome, and it's not right. New York is allowing only two touchdowns and 17 points on average at home to receivers this year. Also, Kelvin Benjamin versus Washington and Allen Robinson versus Houston. Speaking of disappearing acts, hello, Allen Robinson. If it's possible to do less than Kelvin Benjamin, who is also a disappearing act for the Panthers, Robinson may have figured it out how to do it. He is unstartable in any situation, especially considering this is, for most leagues, the playoffs. Terrell Pryor, keep him on your bench, also against the Bills this week. Which brings us to tight ends. That's all that's left. And I'm going to give you the first pick. The first pick. Uh, Lucky, aren't you? Is there a good tight end out there? <laughs> well, um, you know, there is. There's there's the usuals. There's, there's Travis Kelsey. There's Greg Olson. There's Delaney Walker. There's all those wonderful guys. You know, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go with Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham of the Seattle Seahawks, who has revived his career after an injury last year. Nice pick, and uh, we're gonna give Dan the second pick, and he's gonna go Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs, which leaves me, and I'm gonna go. With a guy who, whenever I pick him, doesn't do very well, but then when I don't, he rocks. So I'm going to go with Delaney Walker. He's one of the most consistent, reliable receivers on the Titans roster. He's a big, bruising receiver that just holds on to the ball no matter what. The Chiefs are giving up the sixth most passing yards over the last four, four weeks. I like Walker here. My start of the week at tight end. I also like Zach Ertz versus Baltimore, and I like Cameron Brait against Dallas. As far as don't bothers, Gary Barnage has become unstartable for tight ends and uh, cannot pick out a quarterback in Cleveland, so he doesn't know who's throwing the ball, and he's only posted six or more points only once in the last six games and scored only one touchdown. And my other, don't bother, Kobe Fleener of the Arizona Cardinals. And that's your team. I'm going to go over it for you one more time. You have Kirk Cousins, Le'Veon Bell, Odell Beckham, and Jimmy Graham. Dan has Russell Wilson, David Johnson, Mike Evans, and Travis Kelsey. And I'm going with Matt Ryan, Latavius Murray, Devontae Adams, and Delaney Walker. So I'm going to wish you good luck. And uh, if you win, we'll uh, send you out a cup and a picture. Sound like a deal? Sounds like a deal. So have a great Christmas, and um, we'll talk to you again. See you soon. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. Ace Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. I got to warn you, Clark. They don't play the same games here as they do at them regular casinos. You know, I actually kind of like my team this week for for beat the hosts. 
I might actually have a chance at winning something finally. But with that being done, we're going to go into something that uh, Dan and I enjoy doing all the time, and that's gambling on some football. I'm in here in the in the Dr. Pepper Casino man room uh, with with my picks, and I have Dan's picks here also. Uh, got some college football starting. The, the, the bowl games are all starting up this week, and um, we also have a bunch of NFL games. So we're going to start with the NFL games only because Dan's got something weird going on um, with his picks. Uh, my first game, though, Green Bay versus the Chicago Bears. Right now, Green Bay is a minus 6.5 point favorite. And yes, Aaron Rodgers isn't 100%. However, he did say he will be playing this week. And um, you can expect him in, in the lineup. And this is the Bears in Chicago. And that doesn't need any more hype. Those injuries don't usually stick around much when it's the Bears versus the Packers. Um, when you also consider the Bears just don't have the talent on defense to stop even a hobbled Aaron Rodgers, I like me the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay is still looking for a playoff spot. The cold and the Bears aren't going to derail that goal. Give me the Packers. And I'll give you six and a half points. My next game, Tampa versus Dallas. Tampa is a plus seven point underdog. Tampa has been very surprising this season. And they are now questions swirling about Prescott and the Cowboys, as you heard in the news. I'm not worried about Prescott just yet. He's starting to play like a rookie, like I mentioned earlier. But what else would you expect? The offensive line and defense of Dallas is just too much. Although I like Dallas to win this game. I don't think they will cover the spread. Give me Tampa in the seven points. My next game, Miami versus the Jets. Miami right now is a three-point favorite. Um, Betting on games is what makes watching something like a Dolphins-Jets game worthwhile. You're talking about two backup quarterbacks. Well, Miami's got a backup quarterback. The Jets are on what? Fourth stringer? Fifth stringer? No, fourth. You had uh, Geno Smith. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, who else did they have? Um, now they got Bryce Petty. I guess it's third stringer. Either way, they're backup quarterbacks. We're talking about backup quarterbacks. Neither one of them very good. I like the Dolphins' defensive team to be giving Bryce Petty a lot of pressure all night long, and I like the Dolphins to cover the spread. Give me Miami. And I'll give you three points. My next game, Detroit versus the Giants. Right now, Detroit's a four and a half point underdog. The Lions are still trying to lock up the NFC North division. And they are stuck with three very tough games left for the end of the season. The first challenge comes this Sunday with an injured Matthew Stafford going up against an improving defense for the Giants. I'd like the Giants to win this game close in the blustery weather of of MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, but I don't see them covering the four and a half points. Give me Detroit in the points. Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati. Pittsburgh is a three and a half point favorite. Le'Veon Bell went off last week for the Steelers, and this week he goes up against a Bengals team that simply doesn't have much to play for anymore this season. I'd like the Steelers to win the game and cover the spread with relative ease. Le'Veon Bell should go crazy again 
Baltimore versus Philadelphia. Baltimore, a six-point favorite. I fell prey to the one week when I actually needed the Baltimore Ravens defense to play like the Baltimore Ravens defense that they've been all season. But I bowed out of my league's playoff race because they just did not do that. I don't see that happening this week, of course. The Ravens should have no problem messing up the Carson Wentz-led Eagles who have completely fallen apart at the end of the season. Give me the Ravens to cover the spread. In my final game, the New England Patriots versus the Denver Broncos. New England, a three and a half point favorite. And I don't know what is happening with Denver lately, but they are not the Denver we were seeing at the beginning of the year. I actually like LeGarrette Blunt in this game to take advantage of the hurting and hobbled Denver line and linebackers. Look for the Patriots to cover the spread in this one. Give me New England and I'll give you three and a half points. Those are my games. I actually I parlayed all those games into one big bet also. Dan's picks go like this. He's taking Cleveland Browns plus the 10 points. He is taking Arizona minus two and a half points. He is taking the Jacksonville-Houston game. He's taking the over, over 39. And he is taking Detroit versus the Giants over 41 and a half. He's going to parlay those four games. And then he is going to do Minnesota Vikings minus four. He's going to take Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati over 44. And then he's going to take again the Arizona minus two and a half. And he's going to take the Detroit Lions and the Giants over 41 and a half. And he's going to parlay those four games. As far as the college bowl games, Dan didn't pick any, but I picked four games. I'm going to take the New Mexico Lobos against the Texas San Antonio Roadrunners. New Mexico is a seven-point favorite, and I like them to win this game by a lot. Their rushing offense is just too good, and uh, they should have Texas San Antonio on their heels all game long. I am also taking San Diego State University versus the Houston Cougars. I'm going to go with San Diego State. They are a three-and-a-half-point underdog. San Diego State right now is just a better team than Houston. Houston lost their head coach. He went over to Texas. Um, so I little little disarray over there in Houston is what I'm thinking. So I'm going to take San Diego State and the three-and-a-half points. My next game, University of Central Florida versus Arkansas State. UCF is a minus six-point favorite. I like them. They have um, the coach who was the offensive coordinator for the run-and-gun Oregon Ducks last year. And he is doing pretty much the same thing for Central Florida that he was doing in in Oregon. And uh, they're actually playing very well this year. I'm going to take the Central Florida Knights minus six points. In my final game, Toledo Rockets versus Appalachian State. Toledo is a one-point favorite, and I am taking Toledo. Too much power, too much talent when they're going up against Appalachian State. That's it for the picks. Everything we did, everything I talked about today, you can find it on the website mycffl.com. You can see how we're doing. Uh, Some of the prop bets that we are making before the season started, you know, like the how many games will this team win and over under uh, 
eight wins for this team. Those are all starting to come in right now, so you can check up on that and see how we did. And then you'll have these you can follow along also. Remember, it's only gambling if you don't know what you're doing and don't bet any more than you can afford to lose. It's time right now to finish off the night in the club. You know, I heard the club music, and as I'm sitting here, I remembered we had this band play the song that we use for our club, our uh, Fantasy Girl of the Week music intro. We had them play the whole song during our award show last year, and that reminds me, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show that either next week or the week after, Dan and I will be doing our year-end award show like we did last year. So stay tuned. It's either going to be next week or the week after the year-end awards show. Um, but right now, it's Fantasy Girl of the Week time. And w- without Dan here, I mean, it's not going to be as fun. But it'll still be a Fantasy Girl for you to look at. And uh, like I said, check it out on the web- Check her out on the website, mycfl.com, on the Fantasy Girl tab. She's there and her name. Bahati Prince Lou, Bahati Prince Lou, a model out of Africa. She was born May 16, 1989 in Fontaine, Namibia. She's fashion model and became one of the faces for Victoria's Secret in 2009. Her father is a minister, of course. Aren't all hot girls the daughter of a minister? Her mother runs a bed and breakfast. Bahati was discovered while on vacation with her family in Cape Town, South Africa, at the age of 16. Bahati Prinsloo has walked the fashion runway for Victoria's Secret from 2007 until 2013, and in 2009 she became one of the angels after two years of doing work for Victoria's Secret Younger Line Pink. In May of 2012, Prince Lou began dating the egomaniac lead singer of Maroon 5, Adam Levine. They were married in Mexico on July 19, 2014, and she then gave birth to her first child in 2016. This year, her and Adam Levine became parents. Hmm. Bahati Prince Lou stands 5 foot 10 inches tall. She has hazel eyes, weighs 117 pounds, and her measurements are 32B 2435 Bahati Prince Lou, your Fantasy Girl of the Week. And that does it for another episode of the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. Like I said, you got questions, comments, concerns, feel free to email us, cffl.commissioner at zoho.com or strap1971 at yahoo.com. Check out the website, mycffl.com. And if you want to, we have Two weeks, yeah, two weeks left of Beat the Hosts, and there's still one spot open. If you want to take that on, send us an email and let us know. Your chance to win a great prize and the the joy of hearing yourself on the podcast. Until next week, um, get out there, get your Christmas shopping done, and uh, we'll talk to you next week Friday right before Christmas Eve. But until then, 
Be good, and good luck if you're still in the playoffs. 